Thanks for tuning in to Lighthouse 805 Podcast. This Sunday, we continue our Your Turn Now series, Incarnate, the Love of Christ. Hope you enjoy. Good morning. Man, it's so good to see you guys here today. Is it, it's like we had this crazy cold winter roll through Ventura, and now it's just like back to, you know, the Ventura, Ventura normal weather, like the, just like the pre-summer that leads into summer that's post-summer that goes back to pre-summer again. Um, Today's message is, it's entitled, Incarnate the Love of Christ. Incarnate the Love of Christ. Our sermon series, in case you forgot, is Your Turn Now. Your Turn Now. Again, it's so easy to acknowledge everyone else needs God. Everyone else needs Jesus. Everyone else needs to get better and do better and be friendlier. But right now, it's our turn to say, no, I need to work on my relationship, my faith, my worship with my God. Your Turn Now. Uh, we, were, we were playing um, probably the kindest, friendliest board game in existence on the planet. I mean, it doesn't cause heartache, headache, hurt, anything. It really brings families together. The game is called Monopoly. Um, have, you ever, have you ever played Monopoly? Like, uh, there's really like two types of players, right? Uh, there's maybe a few players. Like, there's the one player that... It's all out for the trades and things are going on. And it's like, you know, a lot of people don't like playing with that person because, you know, that person's making all the trades and they're up to, they're scheming. They're up to something in Monopoly, right? That's me. That might be Joe. <laughs> Calling him out. <laughs> um, but there's that, there's that. And then there's the other person who's like, I just want to roll dice. And if I land something, I might buy it. I don't want any trades. I don't want to do anything. Patty. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And then it's so funny. And then there's, a, there's always like that one person that just gets so frustrated during the game of Monopoly. Um, I'm not saying that that's my brother John, but that's, <laughs> Pat just laughed and nodded his head in agreement. So you know, it's, I still think we're missing pieces from most board games from when we were kids because those have flown at some point. All the board games in our house when we were kids have flown somewhere in the house when you're growing up. Monopoly, it's so funny because it's like, it really teaches you life's not fair, right? That's, it's, it's out to teach you that to young people. Maybe life's not fair. Maybe it teaches you trading. Maybe it teaches you economics. I don't know. Maybe it teaches you how to be a real estate mogul. You know, if you start with a million dollars, you can do stuff with it. You know, I don't really know. But what I do know is if you play Monopoly, it's kind of how the world works. But that's what's really interesting about the love of Christ. It's not the way the world works, right? It, what, would, what would Monopoly be like if there's one player that's like, you land on a hotel, it's like, no, no, don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't pay me. In fact, let me give you some money, right? That would, counteract, that would count, contradict the entire game of Monopoly, right? You don't, know, you don't owe me this time. In fact, let me, let me buy a hotel for your property, right? That's, you know, that would be kind of weird. That would be kind of bizarre in the game of Monopoly, but the interesting thing is when we act as Christians and we are giving the love of Christ to people, it's like the opposite of how the world works. We can become like that in Monopoly, just like how we become like that in this planet. When we, when we start loving on people and we're like, oh, I, I, I brought you a, a Starbucks just because you're awesome. Thanks for doing what you're doing. What? That's kind of weird. What do, you, what do you mean you did that? And it's this turnover that we as believers have 
when we show the love of Christ for absolute no reason other than Christ loved me, so I want to love you. Right? It's this crazy concept. Number one, one of the practical uh, disciplines that we're going to look at today is number one is blessing others and encouragement. And there is nothing better than out of the blue hearing from someone, you are doing such a great job. Right? Just out of nowhere, no prompt, no nothing, no hidden agenda, just hearing that. That is so encouraging. When was the last time that we have encouraged someone like that? Just out of the blue. One of the things I like to do at my work, I just, I just randomly do it. Our, our software got an update where we can send gifts. If you don't know what gifts are, they are not GIFs. They are GIFs, okay? Graphic interlaced format in case you didn't know. It is moving pictures where it does something humorous and now I can send those all day long and that's probably my favorite addition to my, my work. You know, they're humorous, they're funny. I send them and I'll send them to, you know, my, my bosses and just other people that are humorous and they'll look at it and they're like, I don't know what to do with this. And then I'll reply with, hey, I'm just thinking of you. You're doing an awesome job. Thanks, keep it up. And it's so funny because when I first started doing that, they're like, what's wrong? What's going on? What, you know, why are you, what are you sending this for? What's, and I'm like, well, no reason other than just to say you're awesome. It's kind of bizarre in a workplace, but they've gotten used to it. And now they, they're encouraged. <laughs> and I love sending gifts. I, I really want to challenge, this is one of the easiest things we can do to just encourage someone, just to say, man, you are doing such a good job. I, thank you for who you are. First Seth, Thessalonians 5, verse 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. That verse is really easy to read halfway through. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Okay, thanks. Thanks for telling me to do that. I really need to step up my game. And then Jesus follows it with, because you're already doing that, right? It's like, uh, what? Yes, yes, I am. Have you ever had your parent or someone else say, oh, you're doing such a great job in doing this? And you're like, oh, yeah, I need to do that. You know, it, it's one of these things. God's saying, keep doing it. Do it more. Do it better because you're already doing it. Some of the spiritual fruits from this is, A, builds up the body of the church. Builds up the body of the church. Have you ever, um, do, you, do you guys know what um, pay it forward is? Okay, have you ever seen a, a pay it forward chain at like Starbucks? Have you ever seen one of these happen? Where someone says, I'm going to pay for the person behind me, and that person goes up and they're like, I'm just going to pay for the person behind me. I was reading different stories, and some of them have lasted up to 11 hours or more. The whole day just keeps, keeps it going. But it has to take the one person to start it. It has to be the one person to say, I'm going to do it. Not only am I going to build myself up and encourage myself like what the word says, strengthen yourself in the Lord, but then I'm going to go forward and strengthen someone else too. Uh, it, has to, it has to start somewhere. Why, why not us? We're being filled by the love of Christ here at church, so why not just take that and extend it out? When we encourage someone, it builds them up and reminds them to build someone else up. It's this chain reaction. It's this domino. It's this thing that, you know, we have the authority to give the love of Christ. But sometimes it just takes one person to start it. 
How many pay it forward encounters can you start? I'm, just, I'm not just talking about at Starbucks. That's not, I'm not saying I expect you to go to Starbucks and start paying. That's not, I'm just, that's an illustration. How many encouragements can you start? Right? How many times can you go up to someone and just encourage them and then just start passing it forward? Another spiritual fruit. B, give strength to those that are giving up. Man. We have so many good actors in this world. I'm not talking about the people on TV and film. I'm talking about the people that walk in with a smile on their face in every situation, and on the inside, they are dying. They are phenomenal actors and actresses. The ones that could show up every single day out of routine and obligation, but inside, they are just dying. They are just fully done. It's, it's this. When we encourage someone just out of nowhere, we are building them up. It's this idea of when we see someone and we say, man, you're, you're awesome. Thanks for just that, that weight that they have inside. It's like, it snaps them out of it. They catch the glimpse, the, the feel of the love of Jesus in that moment. And see, the other spiritual fruit is let let's others know they're visible. Let's others know they're visible. It's, it's the people that are just kind of skating by in life that think, you know, there's really no point of me even being here. I'm just keep going around and by saying, man, you're, you're, you're doing a great job. They understand that someone cares about them which will open the door for them to understand that Jesus is thinking about them too. It's, it's these things that happen. Number two, the, the second spiritual discipline is compassion. Compassion. First Peter chapter 3, verse 8-9 through nine says, Be sympathetic, love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult but with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Compassion. A, the first spiritual fruit is noticing the hurting. And have you ever, this is such a practical example, have you ever been downtown Ventura and seeing someone just sitting there on the ground, just down and out, just hurting, how many hundreds of people just walk by them and blatantly ignore them? You know, it's like, I see nothing, I see nothing, and they keep going. And one of the spiritual fruits of compassion is we notice the hurting. We notice them. Remember, it's... There's a difference between having passion and compassion, right? When we see the person sitting on the ground and they're hurting, saying, oh man, I feel bad for them. Okay, well, I need to finish my grocery shopping now. You know, my pity party's done. No, that's passion. Compassion is saying, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna talk with them, I'm gonna pray with them, I'm gonna, I don't know, I'm gonna listen to Holy Spirit and see what the Holy Spirit says that needs to happen. Right, there's, there's a, a switch that flips, B, loving others, loving others in word, in action, and in truth of Jesus. 
in, in word, loving people with what you say, right? It's not just good enough to say, man, I love them, but we need to say, we need to talk about it, and then we have to have action about it. We need to do something. We need to, they need to see the physical representation of the love of Christ. And then the last one is the truth of Jesus. It's really interesting, because it's like the truth that, well, shouldn't we be showing the, the love of Jesus? No, the, the truth of Jesus and the love of Jesus. I'm talking about two separate things here. The truth of Jesus is them understanding that is Jesus is the only reason you're doing this. The love of Jesus is just showing the love and, and they experience love and they could mistake it for the love that you're showing them. But the truth of Jesus is showing them, I am doing this because Jesus loved me first. And they understand the truth that is happening. There, there's, a, there's a deeper next step on that. Someone's like, why, why are you doing this? You know what, I, I love my God, he loved me, and, and I just, I want to share as much love as I can. And the, they get this understanding of truth behind your actions. C, becoming a source. Becoming a source. Everyone is a source of something, right? Side, side rabbit trail, whatever you, side, what is it called? Side trail, side track. There we go. <laughs> I was like, what's the word? Uh, rabbit trail, sidetrack, whatever you want. Um, in the Bible, the woman with the issue of blood, she was, that became her name after time. Right? I've talked about this before. The woman with the issue of blood, that was her name. We have no recording of what her physical, actual name was. Just woman with the issue of blood. People would say, oh, there's the woman with the issue of blood. She's going to come over again. She's going to be complaining about her issue of blood again. You know, and that became her name. That became her identity. And the crazy thing is, that was her source, her source of talking about her hurt. We're all a source of something. It's how people see us and what they feel, what they hear, what all the other things. But what is our source? And we have compassion. Our source becomes comfort, prayer, love, and ability to know Jesus. So when someone sees us, they know those things. I'm going to be comforted if I go to that person. I know that if I go to that person, they will be a source that I can somehow talk to God. Right? Have you, have you ever had that moment when someone will come to you and like, can you pray for this in my life? Because you are a source, they know that you will pray for them. Because they don't know how to pray for themselves. I remember in high school, I was thinking about this and, and I was going through the message and, and at one point, which is kind of ironic, because I went to a Catholic high school. At one point, I came out about how much I love Jesus, right? And so I got teased a lot, which I don't, it was a Catholic high, it doesn't make any sense. It was a religious high school, and I talked about religion, <laughs> and I got made fun of there. It was kind of weird. I you know I got teased in public, and I was like, oh, whatever. If they don't like me, that, you know, and, and I just kind of went on, and you know, internally it hurt, but externally I just put up a face and whatever moved on. And I remember something started happening in high school where the people that were teasing me in public would start cornering me in private saying, hey, um, I know you, you mentioned uh, prayer. You got, uh, can, you, uh, can you pray for me? Like as if I'm like dealing prayer. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> and I, remember I had several of those encounters of these people like, oh, can you, and then at the end they're like, you're not going to tell anyone, right? Like, you, you know, that we, you know, and I'm like, 
I'm going to tell God. I'm like, what, what else do you want me to tell? <laughs> That's kind of weird. And I, it's funny because I became the source where people would come to. What source are you? How are people viewing you? And a lot of times it's because if we show the love of Jesus, people know you're a safe place to land. You will give the love of Jesus. You have a relationship that they can go through. They, you're a source. What source are you becoming? Because if you're not becoming a source of love and compassion, sometimes you can become a source of frustration. If you're always talking about how frustrated you are, people are like, I don't want that. I'm just going to get more frustrated by talking to them about frustrations. Number three, the, the last spiritual discipline, spiritual practice is forgiveness. Man, so many things prevent forgiveness. I feel like, we're wired to not forgive. Like, it's so hard, right? And a lot of it's like, it's pride, it's hurt. And the crazy thing about forgiveness is, I was really thinking about this. If you, if you, if you put yourself in a bullseye, right, and there's like rings going outward, the farther out the ring, the easier it is for, to forgive that person. It's just like, oh, that person hurt me, yeah, whatever. And you don't think about it again, right? But then the closer someone gets, the harder it is to forgive, right? And a lot of times we forget that at the very center of the bullseye is sometimes the hardest to forgive ourselves. It's like, oh, I did something, I, and you just keep wrestling with it, and it's like the guilt, the shame, the whatever. And you, and forgiveness is it's so hard the closer they are to you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 through 14 says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And I feel like Jesus just knows us so well. Because it's really easy just for him to say, yeah, you should forgive others. But then for him to go, because I forgave you. <laughs> it's like, ah, you got me. <laughs> I do need to forgive others. Spiritual fruit of, of forgiveness is a, a heart is healed and mended. And it's, it's really easy to have a hard heart, frustrated heart, a broken heart. It's really easy to keep going on with those grudges and those frustrations and, and, and that person has become the living embodiment of what you're angry at. But when you forgive, your heart's healed and it's mended and you can move past it. Forgiveness, unforgiveness can keep us stuck in moments in time where we don't want to move forward. B, freedom from guilt and shame. When we're, when we're able to accept Christ's forgiveness and, and forgive ourselves, we have this freedom from guilt and shame, this thing that, what was it? I had a pastor describe it once as this sticky blackness tar that just keeps us like stuck from being moving forward and we just feel almost stuck to that one spot. That sin that happened that we've asked forgiveness but we're not forgiving ourselves so the shame and guilt weighs us down so we don't move forward. Forgiveness is huge. C, Mercy and compassion towards others. 
And when we have this forgiveness over our own lives that Christ has given us, we're able to extend that forgiveness more easily towards others. Amen, yeah, that verse was so right. Jesus forgave me, and now I can forgive others. Right? Don't, don't, allow, don't allow your forgiveness from Christ to stop there. Move forward. Forgive others. Don't, don't allow your resentment for people to halt you from loving them. Amen? Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this session of our Your Turn Now series, to catch other episodes, learn more about what's going on at Lighthouse 805, opportunities to give, and so much more, visit our website at www.lighthouse805.com. See you next time.